Welcome back. Second half of the People Show coming to you live from the Kintech studio. You can get your thoughts at 650-650 as well into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Uh, 6-2 last night for your Canucks over the Oilers. Four in a row. Seven of the last eight. Nine, two, and one on the season. I imagine your group chats are all buzzing right now. Vibes are immaculate. Well, let's... uh. Let's try to harness all those vibes and chat to our good friend Yannick Hansen, longtime NHLer, Vancouver Canuck. You hear him often here on Sportsnet 650, Fridays on Canuck Central, Tuesdays here on The People Show. He's brought to you by Magnuson Auto Group, Metro Ford, Port Coquitlam, and Magnuson Ford in Abbotsford on both sides of the Fraser to serve you. Yannick, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's hard to... Um... To have any any uh, any bad thoughts, negative thoughts, with the way things are going right now, uh, I don't think a lot of people uh, probably count them on one hand. Could have predicted the, the Canucks being in the situation they're in right now. Yeah, winners of four in a row, seven of their last eight, uh, and, and and there's plenty of things on the ice I want to get to. But you know, a big takeaway for me last night uh, in the post game uh, press conference from Rick Tockett that he mentioned, like they they struggled early in that game, but he mentioned you know guys themselves were mad at themselves that he didn't have to go out and say anything, and even going so far that even with the success, you know, the talk from the players was they're being humble. Now you've talked a lot about you know it's got to be the locker room that that takes control of things is this the first signs of you see of players trying to control the room well it's 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 hard to to gaze that because you don't know what's going on behind the scenes and the benches in those moments um but we talk about it when was it after this the second or third game when he came out and basically called them soft and that's Mm. him pushing buttons now if they came out and they played a bad first period he doesn't want to be talking to them like that in the intermission because it's too soon this is where you want the t- team to police themselves to make sure yeah we're up 3-1 but we're outshot 21 to 6 um if demko isn't in net right now we're down 4 nothing instead um so so it, it, it's one of those things where we get out with the skin on our on our teeth or whatever the saying is and, and then we came after it and shot clock started to even out they kept playing better um they started to really frustrate the oilers you could see um so they they definitely turned it around because yeah they were up 3-1 early in that game after that three minute stretch where they scored those goals um but but they're up 3-1 because of some magnificent performance by demko which is good which is what you need um but then again, you can't rely on him for, for 60 minutes, which they didn't because they came out and they corrected that they started taking over the game a little bit more and controlling chances against as well. So it, it was good to see that they corrected an, an error and again got their footing set. Um, uh, but again, you, you'd like them to come out stronger. Um, I think it's been a theme that we've talked about in the past as well. Beginning of games um, have not been their strength, and it puts you on the on the back foot a little bit. So if there's anything to, to pick apart in the performances lately, uh, their starts are still uh, lacking a little bit. Is the fact that it's not these long stretches where you're relying on Demko, like I, I use the phrase, the other team's allowed to win too. So they're going to have to have opportunities to dictate play but in seasons past we saw it be as you mentioned 60 minutes the fact that they show the resiliency to overcome and try to take control of the game is that an encouraging sign for you yeah and and they've won different ways as well um so Mm -hmm. so it it hasn't been easy 
in any way for, for, for them in a lot of these games. Yeah, okay, San Jose. But, but it's been come from behind. It's been uh, fighting for, for close games where in the past we found a way to, to lose these or throw away an extra point where right now they're, uh, uh, they're dialed in and once they have a team in their bag, uh, they, they tie that noose and they don't let them back in. Um, you, you saw Edmonton, they, they get a goal there for uh, 3-2 and, and maybe something's happening and, and then they respond and, and take the game away. So it's uh, it's definitely a different team than we've seen in the past. It's another big thing that that Rick Tockett has done. It feels like he's given the players roles. Like we've we focus a lot on someone like Connor Garland uh, in like a throw a third line, and he's having success, maybe carrying the play, having the puck a bit more. But even someone like Nils Hoglander, like the minutes aren't there, and it's under ten minutes last night. It's under nine minutes the game before, but they're an effective eight to ten minutes. Lafferty plays really hard in his in his minutes. It just looks like certain players just have very specific defined roles that they can go excel in. Um, when you're winning, it's a lot easier to accept those roles. Um, when things are going well, uh, playing 10 minutes doesn't hurt as much uh, uh, when you're winning. Uh, it's a lot easier to do the right things because you're having so much success, because everything is so positive. Um, so it's the chicken and the egg, and right now they have it. They have it. They have guys performing well in roles, if you will, um, lesser ice time that seem... Um, okay with it, happy with it, because it, it leads to, to success where in the past we've seen these players, even though they're playing 8, 10 minutes, 12 minutes on the third line, um, we're going to go out and we're going to try to play like we're playing 20 minutes a night. We're a first-line player. We're taking chances. We're, we're missing plays here and there because we're trying to create offense, and that has hurt them. Where we're now, it's um, that buy-in, that, buy that elusive buy-in. It, it seems like it's there right now, and it's a lot easier to buy in when things are going as they are right now. So you 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 wanna you wanna cradle that, you wanna bottle it up and, and sell it, um, because it's 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 very hard to get when you don't have it. Yeah, I just feel. I, I think we've talked about this before too. Of you know, it's one thing for the coach to preach it, and even if it makes sense, but with the results not backing it up. And, and now we, we've talked so much about when you get that buy-in, it, it starts to look like this. And guys are willing to do, you know, Mark Friedman's playing eight minutes and there's no complaints. Hoaglander's playing nine minutes and there's no complaints. It just it feels like it looks like how you want it to see, but it's it goes hand in hand. It's not about the coach selling it. It's about the results as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and it is like they're having a lot of success. And, and you mentioned Hoaglander and he's not playing a lot, but but he's producing at a pace that he hasn't done in the in, in quite a while now, so so things are going well. Um, the Canucks are, are driving the play a lot of night. They're they're creating a ton of offense. Um, that that San Jose game, it, it was I don't know, like it was an embarrassment for a lot of reasons. Um, games shouldn't be, and the next night they give up ten as well. But it, it's another story. But just from the Canucks standpoint, that game got so many monkeys off the backs of players that hadn't produced in a while. Uh, that now all of a sudden, okay, we scored a goal. We we had a couple of points. Uh, I'm feeling good about myself. It, it hasn't been, it hasn't been three weeks. It wasn't last year since I scored my last goal. So so it was very very beneficial for for Vancouver to have that game and kind of get everybody into into the production column, if you will, on an individual basis. Um, and, and from there on, they they they've, they've been looking very good. 
What's interesting about the moments, too, when, like, for for instance, when uh, the Oilers were controlling play for the opening 10 minutes. Now, there was the breakaway there for, for Warren Fogle, but even in stretches we've seen through these opening games, the, the moments when Demko has to bail them out, it's not as if they're, like, repeated odd man rushes, two-on-ones. And it feels like they, they've decreased all of that. In your mind, like, when, when you're watching, how do they solve that part? Yeah, again, Vancouver's going to have to rely on on a handful of players. There's no question about that. Their team depth aren't there as some of the other top team in the league. They have some very, very, very good players. Probably some players that are probably the best players in their position right now. I don't think you can find a a goaltender um, other than Demko that that are playing the way he is. Um, A defenseman that are dominating like Quinn Hughes and, and even Petey. So, so right now you're having three players on three different positions that are probably the best players in the league right now. I'm not saying they're the best players, but, but right now they're, they're nobody that are outperforming them. When they're on the ice, they're the best players almost every single time they're on the ice. And when you have that, um, you can get away with these small mistakes. I'm not, like you said, you don't want to be giving them two or three breakaways three-on-twos, two-on-ones, backdoor plays, because he's not going to continue to make those stops. But once in a while here and there it happens, and he's got your back, and he's making these saves, and that gives you that much confidence that, okay, if there is a breakdown, he's got our back. Um, And then when he does, he doesn't make the save, goal goes in, phenomenal shot by Ekholm, we got your back. We'll go get a couple of goals for you now as well. And it kind of this back and forth tuck between the players, the offense, if you will, uh, all of them here, these as well, and the goalie, where the goalie sometimes makes that save that keeps you in the game. And at other points, it's the players that get you that goal to give your goalie the chance to win you the game later on. Uh, we saw the goal Demko gave up where he got uh, the big collision behind the net. Is that goalie interference to you? I'm assuming it's because he's behind the net. It's not goalie interference because otherwise it, it, it would be. I'm assuming if it's in the crease, there, there's no question it's it's contact. But but I think because of where he is, um, that, that they don't call it. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure on, on those rules. Uh, I think back to the days when the goalie had the puck under his stick, you could hit them, which was kind of interesting. Um, but, but again, he, uh, he's... He's probably a little bit too far away from uh, from his uh, original position to to be calling goalie interference in that sense. Um, but it seems like it's the only way you score on him right now. Get him out of his net and, and tap it into an empty net. Otherwise, uh, it has to be a perfect shot. Uh, the, speaking of being in front of the goalie and, and, and interrupting uh, the goalie's eyes, Brock Besser right now, um, we see yesterday he's in front of the net, puck hits him and bangs in that goal. But just... Like, what are you noticing with how he's screening the goalie? Because it's more than just, hey, i got to stand in front of the goalie and try to take away the eyes. It's, are you timing it correctly? Are you coming across the face? Are you spinning to, to, to pounce on a rebound like you did yesterday? What are you noticing with Brock in front of the net? Yeah, to be, to be completely honest, I don't like him uh, in front of the net that much. I, really? I don't, think he's a, I don't think he's a good screen. Uh, I think he, he, he wants to tip the pucks a little bit too much for my liking. He's not playing bad goalie, if you will. Bad goalie, but by that I mean this. You stand in the exact position of the goalie, and then pucks goes through you, by you, and you don't worry too much about tipping. Tipping is... It's great when you do it, but it's a little bit of a selfish act because 
a lot of times when you're tipping, you're kind of turning yourself to get out of the way and then touching the puck, which when you do, you give the goalie an opportunity to see the puck and Brock has that tendency to him that, that he will, he will turn just before the puck comes to kind of whack at the puck, which gives the goalie that opportunity. So I know I'm kind of um, puncturing the bubble here a little bit, but, but he, <laughs> he, he's not my favorite uh, screen guy, if you will. No, no, puncture the bubble. That's why we bring you on to ask about it. Um, okay, so so what techniques would you like to see him use more, just be a bit more stationary? Because there have been goals, like you know, he he screened on the Pedersen goal a couple of games ago as well. Um, or, or or who do you look at on the team as well that does it effectively? I, I don't I don't think we have that phenomenal screen guy. Like I was, uh, I had I had a chance to play with, um, but but again, it, it's it, it works right now. But but again, we have some players that are shooting absolute bombs that can that can that can score without screens right now too. Um, but but that being said, like that bad goalie mentality where you you're standing in his eyes literally the only chance he's making the, the save is if the puck hits him um that's kind of what you look for from the screen the screen shouldn't be shouldn't be the tip the tip a lot of times at least when we played when you play that eye formation the, the tip is coming from the high slot that the second guy out further um because that direction is a lot easier to uh to, to do and you're not worried about screening the goalie here and then the guy in front of the goalie make sure he is actually in front because all it takes is is half a step one side or the other and the goalie sees the puck the whole way yeah great if you, if you hit that puck but on a 90 mile hour slap shot you actually connecting with that puck it's harder than you think when you're standing in there so that's why you you tend to just want the screen and if you get a touch on it um it's an added bonus talking to yannick hansen as we do here on tuesdays uh speaking with uh with about one winger there the other one that i want to touch on is andre kuzmenko uh, are we seeing a better player uh than we've seen in uh last season it, like he, he's not scoring as much but yesterday we saw like he didn't force that pass across ice he waits for quinn hughes to join to the play makes that play are, are we seeing a better player even though he's not scoring Oh, that's tough. He had a 40 goals last year. That that's pretty darn tough to do. Um, he, he's probably becoming that. a more complete player. Yes. Yeah. Um, and again, we touched on it earlier in the conversation. The buy-in, um, not taking chances, not playing just for pure offense, uh, trying for uh, with everything you got to make that play to get that opportunity. You're playing a little bit smarter. Like again, the, the success when it's there it's easier to take uh, the foot off the gas a little bit on the, the chance place, if you will, uh, and then make a couple more high percentage play. They don't come as often, but, but uh, they do pay off. And when you do have that success, uh, it's a lot easier to, uh, to take the foot off the gas just a little bit. What does he need to do? Like, is it as simple as, Hey, like get one goal and suddenly the, the rest will follow because it feels like that line is constantly in the right spots. And Mikheyev's bagged some goals. Patterson obviously had a hat trick the other day, and just I guess there's only one puck to go around, and his goals haven't come just yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about them right now. Uh, like you said, they're they're doing they're doing a lot of good, and they're creating, and they are scoring as well. Um, so as long as the chances are there. Um, that, that's all you really want as a player. Granted, you don't want to keep producing chances and not scoring, but when, when you're creating, you're doing something right um, and you don't need to change things. 
you just hope that that uh, old ketchup bottle effect, you keep shaking those glass bottle and eventually they'll come. Um, it's it's easier said than done, um, but but uh, I I don't I don't see anything in his game that I need to change right now um, because of how things are going right now for for them as a as a as a unit and to, to some extent him individual as well. Uh, he he connected with Quinn Hughes on that uh, Quinn Hughes goal, uh, which which looks so great. And Quinn Hughes, you know, he's putting up all these stats right now, twenty points. He's second in the league in in, in points. He's first among D men. I, I'm I'm going to put you on the ice as the forechecker. How how would you attack Quinn Hughes right now with the way he's playing? How would you attack him? Um, yeah, he he can't have the puck. Um, I draw a comparison to to Scott Niedermeyer. Um, obviously, I, I I I haven't played against Quinn, but but I played briefly against him, and the way we tried to attack him was put it in his corner and let's see if we can hurt him. Let let's see if we can hit him. Let's see if we can pin him in his end. Um, <laughs> I tried it and it never succeeded. Um, and it seems the same way. They're so good skating, Quinn Hughes. Here, so he's so so elusive that that when you do dump a puck in his corner, uh, he's back quick enough to where he can get the eyeballs up, and, and then he shimmy shakes his way around you, does a, a, an easy pass or, or skates it out of trouble, and it's it, it's almost impossible to play against. So, so like I said, the the only way you can play and have success against these guys is get them in their own end, uh, get them to where they have to battle and fight um, bigger offensive guys, have them boxing out, fighting in front of net for positions instead of anything where there's any kind of free skating room for them because they are so good. As soon as they get in, in, in this situation, they will they will make a fool of you. I was actually just literally looking up the stats of how many times he's taken a hit uh, so far this year. It's 10 hits uh, so far through uh, 12 games. So w- w- when you see a number like that and, and talking about, hey, just trying to dump it into his corner and get a body on him, does 10 hits kind of match up what you see as well? So, so what I would say if, if you just tell me, oh, he's been hit 10 times, I said, oh, he hasn't had the puck all year. Uh, right. But that's <laughs> obviously not the case. So it's, 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 like, it's mind-boggling. Because normally when you have the puck, you're getting punished. When you have the puck, people are after you. Um, but but it, it, it's obviously not the case. And that speaks to the dominance he's, he's putting on right now. Um, and, and I think if he's, if he's playing in the East right now, you're seeing a whole other focus on him as a player in the national spectrum or at least league-wide. Where right now we have a huge, tremendous amount of appreciation of what he's doing. But I think outside our little bubble, and call it our little bubble here at the Vision maybe, I think he's still hidden. Um, which is uh, again, it's it's a good thing and a bad thing. But but the way he's playing right now, he he's playing into a uh, an early conversation for for a very big individual trophy. Well, he'll get his chance to showcase himself uh, in Ottawa, Toronto, and Montreal these next uh, three games with two uh, two of them on the weekend. And you know, one thing that really stands out right now it's it's not even just that they're they're playing better, but it does feel like a mentality change. And we saw we saw them kind of get under the skin of the Oilers last night, and probably most notably uh, with JT Miller. And you know, when, when you get under the skin of a team. Do you kind of wear that as like a badge of honor and say, "Hey, like sitting there on the bench and saying, hey, watch them unravel right now." Yeah, it, it's it's the ultimate uh, defeat you you can put on guys because they they they've quit now. 
you you saw that late late in the game when you have Hyman, Dreisaitl, and McDavid all sitting in the penalty box. That's that, that you couldn't put, paint a better picture as to how to beat the Oilers. Um, their best players are all sulking, sitting on the on the other side. They can't play, um, and you you keep producing, scoring goals. Um, like I said, it, it's um, obviously there's other things that goes into this as well. The start Edmonton should have had. If this was a, a blip on their radar kind of thing, and they were still uh, humming along and, and top of the division, if you will, or fighting with Vancouver, you probably wouldn't see it. Um, but but there's obviously a lot of frustration in in that city, that dressing room now as well. Um, so you want to take advantage of that when they come into town. No question about that. You want to see if you can get them to have a meltdown earlier in the game because, like I said, as soon as they do that, the game is over. They're, they're, they're not coming back when they start that. And, and, again, I'm not saying all it took, but, but it took JT Miller taking a, a healthy run at, at McDavid. And, and we've seen a ton of times where he just brushed that aside and then he's come back and scored a couple of goals. Um, this time, not so much. He he starts uh, getting involved in strums, um, kind of poking punches here and there at, at guys that uh, he he shouldn't bother with. I, I think it was Suter at one point where it's like, go for it, have at it there. Let let those two uh, take each other in the penalty box for a couple of minutes. Uh, Any time he spent there is, is better for us. Um, so so like you said, there there's a lot of good things going on right now here. Um, and uh, more of it, uh, that's the right medicine. Uh, Yannick, uh, you're the best, man. We always appreciate the chats, and uh, we'll connect soon and see uh, what type of success they have on this Eastern Canadian road trip. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. There he is. Brought to you by Magnuson Auto Group, Metro Ford, Port Coquitlam, and Magnuson Ford and Abbotsford on both sides of the Fraser to serve you. Uh, always a beauty chatting to Yannick Hansen. Exciting times for your Vancouver Canucks as well, getting ready uh, for this Canadian road trip now. Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, all on the way. That's to worry about later in the week. On the way here on Sportsnet 650. Satyar Shah, Dan Riccio, Connect Central, continuing the Immaculate Vibes with the Immaculate guys. Uh, Satin 10 on the way here with Connect Central on Sportsnet 650.